Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Tom, and it's my pleasure to be your host. Tonight, we'll be heading to southern Colorado, to the Great Sand Dunes National Park. It's home to the largest sand dunes in North America, which stand in striking contrast to the surrounding mountains and alpine scenery. It was written by Jessica Doan and will be read by Arif. First, though, a big thank you to our sponsor for tonight's episode, Brooklyn Inn. Have you ever stayed in a hotel with luxury bedding that you just wish you could have in your own home? Brooklyn Inn has nailed exactly that concept. Founded in 2014, husband and wife duo Rich and Vicky had a mission to provide customers with hotel-quality luxury bedding at an affordable price, and that's exactly what they've done. Using only the highest quality materials, all their bedding is buttery smooth and built to last. I have a set myself, and I adore going to bed and enjoying the comfort of my Brooklyn in sheets, and of course being comfortable helps me to sleep better too. According to Wirecutter and Good Housekeeping, Brooklyn Inn is best-in-class bedding. So shop in-store or online at brooklynin.com to give yourself the luxurious sleep you deserve this summer. Use promo code GETSLEEPYPOD, all as one word, for $20 off your online purchase of $100 or more. Plus, you'll get free shipping on brooklynin.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com and use promo code GETSLEEPYPOD for $20 off plus free shipping. Now my friends, let's take a few moments to get settled. With your eyes closed and your breathing steady. Just give your mind permission to calm and slow down. You can let any thoughts just come and go, not paying too much attention to any of them, realizing that you're simply observing them with no attachment. Let them drift on by. And as you do, allow your mind to center on just one intentional thought. I'd like you to simply trace back through your day just gone and identify one moment that brought you a sense of contentment or pleasure. Like there tends to be every day, I'm sure this one had its ups and downs. But just try to capture 
one small and simple moment where you remember that positive feeling. It might have been when you enjoyed your usual breakfast or your morning coffee or a cheerful hello with a stranger on a daytime stroll. Perhaps it was a conversation with a friend or loved one. Some impactful words you read in a book. Or an enjoyable scene in a TV show. Identify that moment of contentment. And just hold it in your mind for the next few moments. Regardless of whatever else happened today, be thankful for that moment. By remembering it now and allowing the contentment to resurface, you are being positively mindful and filling your mind with gratitude. Take a nice deep breath now, and as you exhale, allow that thought to float away too, leaving you peaceful and prepared for our story. Just follow the sound of a reef's soothing voice as we make our way to the sand dunes of Colorado. The sun is shining bright in the clear summer sky as the car takes you through a land of contradictions. You've been driving through San Luis Valley, the world's largest alpine valley. It's nestled between the San Juan and Sangre de Cristo mountains. The drive has left you in awe of the landscape. You have just left Alamosa, the gateway to your destination, the great Sand Dunes National Park. This part of Colorado is an outdoor lover's paradise with natural wonders that make you stop in your tracks. You have seen some incredible sights along the way, like hot springs and stunning vistas, but nothing could have prepared you for the sheer beauty of this region, especially after you turned onto the highway some miles back. 
and saw the Sangre de Cristo Mountains for the first time. The mountains appeared to be so close, yet so far away at the same time, with the flat stretch of road seeming to disappear into their midst. Blanca Peak, the highest summit of the mountains, was easy to pick out, towering above the rest. It is no wonder you were able to recognize it so quickly, as it's one of the few mountains with a peak topping 14,000 feet. Such mountains are referred to as 14 years. You remember reading that there are a whopping 58 14 years in the state of Colorado alone and five of them are found right here in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Passing the official park sign on your right, the sand dunes suddenly come into view. With the forested mountains framing them in the background, the vast, wind-shaped dunes sprawl across the valley floor and soar high in the sky. The pure, golden sand is sculpted into graceful contours that seem to glow beneath the backdrop of the rugged mountains. It is a breathtaking sea of sand, one that spans over 30 square miles and rises 750 feet high into the clear blue sky. Although you came to visit the dunes, they are still a most unexpected sight. Between the alpine terrain and the expanse of sand, it's as if the land is in the middle of two entirely different seasons at the same time. It is like seeing snow flurries on a hot summer day. You pull the car off to the side of the road and get out. As is common in this part of Colorado during the summer, it is quite warm and incredibly windy. Staring at the sand dunes, you feel as though you have stumbled upon the set of a movie or a different planet. It's like a piece of the Sahara Desert has been plopped into the middle of this majestic state. You understand now why these dunes are often referred to as the largest sandbox in North America. They're so big, they could be a sandbox for giants. Pulling out your phone, you snap a few pictures of the spectacular sight. Then, 
After standing on this quiet stretch of road for a few more moments, you get back into the car and continue on. As you get closer to the park, you see tiny dots moving across the sand dunes and realize that they are people. Suddenly, the massive scale of the dunes becomes that much more apparent. To your left is the dark blue ribbon of water known as Medano Creek. Medano in Spanish means sand dune, so the name literally means Dune Creek, which is more than fitting. The creek winds its way along the impressive sand dunes, a stream of blue that glistens under the afternoon sun. The creek is the product of a rare natural phenomenon that exists in only a handful of places on the planet. When the snow on the Sangre de Cristo mountains begins to melt, the water trickles down, forming the creek. This creek is here only a few months out of the year. It is brought to life when the snowmelt starts to really gush down from the mountains, usually come spring, and lasting only a short while after. Medano Creek is something you were hoping to see, and here it is, coursing by you. It isn't your ordinary meltwater creek either. Instead of the water moving in a normal flow, it comes in rhythmic waves reminiscent of the ocean. You slow the car down to gaze at the creek, and you watch as every 20 seconds or so, a clearly defined wave ripples past, much like a tidal current. Then, the wave slowly disappears in the distance. These waves are a result of a rare phenomenon called surge flow. This occurs when three conditions are met. A steep gradient, a smooth surface, and plenty of water. Small sand ridges, called anti-dunes, are formed by the swift flow of shallow water over the sandy creek bed. Water is confined by these anti-dunes until the water pressure builds up just enough to cause the sand ridges to collapse. This results in a rush of water, or a wave, being sent down the stream. The remarkable process keeps going, and the waves keep coming. 
The National Park is the one place on the continent in which this phenomenon occurs. Ever-changing and fun to watch, the waves remind you of being at the beach, especially with the sand dunes right there. The only thing that is missing is the sound of the ocean. Eventually, you continue on your way to the visitor center, pulling into an open parking spot. The place isn't as packed as you would expect it to be, which is precisely why you decided to visit on a weekday. And as the park is remote and off the grid, you came prepared. You want to fully experience the best that this national park has to offer. First, you're planning to check out the visitor center. Next, you'll go hiking and sledding down one of the sand dunes. And finally, you'll camp out on the dunes overnight. In the back seat of the car is your backpack, with your tent and sleeping bag attached. After getting out of the car, you walk toward the visitor center, passing by a family of four. The parents are being led by two happy children, tugging their sand sleds behind them. Their excitement is palpable and infectious, and you can't help but appreciate the undercurrent of adventure you feel just by being here. Venturing into the massive, air-conditioned building, you approach the front desk to pick up a map of the area, just in case. The young man behind the counter recommends that you visit the exhibits in the center before heading out to the dunes. There's even a short film about the park that's about to start, if you are interested. So you head to the nearby room where you claim a seat. The lights dim, the movie begins, and you lean back and get comfortable. A woman's lilting voice begins speaking, and pictures fill the screen. The story of the sand dunes is a lesson in geology, you soon learn. These dunes have been forming for approximately 440,000 years, and now contain upwards of 5 billion cubic meters of sand. But it all started with the uplift of the San Juan and Sangre de Cristo mountains. When these two mountain ranges fell into place, following extended and dramatic volcanic activity, the San Luis Valley was created. 
sitting side by side, the two mountain ranges created a semicircular rim. Millions of years ago, when the water from the melting glaciers flowed down into this natural pocket, a lake was formed. Named Lake Alamosa, it eventually receded, leaving behind sand in the basin. The right combinations of wind, water, and sediment brought the dunes to life over the following thousands of years. The woman's voice details how the prevailing winds blew the sand toward the natural hollow at the edge of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. There, opposing storm winds aided in squeezing the sand into the tall dunes seen today. Nowadays, the Medano and Sand Creeks continue to bring sand down from the mountains, where it is deposited at the dune field. According to the movie, this process results in geology coming alive. Although the sand is dormant, the forces of wind and water are very much active. It may seem as if the textured ripples of sand lay still, but with every breath of wind that blows in from the nearby mountains, they are constantly moving and changing shape. There are many indigenous communities with strong ties to the area now occupied by the park. The Ute people referred to the sand dunes as sand that moves. It goes up and down is the translation of the name used by the Hikaria Apaches. They are apt descriptions indeed. And geology aside, the Great Dunes are a nexus of over 10,000 years of human history. Dating back 11,000 years, the evidence of human life that has been uncovered in the park is among the oldest recorded in North America. Artifacts have been found across the sand dunes, some dating back to 5000 BCE. Then there are the petroglyphs and rock art that have been found in several places throughout the park. They date between 3000 BCE and the late 19th century CE. Paleolithic hunters, indigenous peoples, Spanish conquistadores, and transcontinental explorers have roamed this region, creating a rich tapestry of history. 
you can only imagine the perceptions of those people that came before you, what they must have thought upon stumbling across this peculiar, sandy landscape right in the heart of the alpine wilderness. In a sense, it would have been like finding an oasis in the desert, just reversed. The film continues, moving ahead in time to show pictures of the dunes next to those taken on Mars. The two landscapes are amazingly similar. The voice explains that NASA used the extreme geological conditions found here in the park to test rovers. In the 1970s, the two Viking spacecraft were tested in the dunes before they traveled to Mars. The forces at play in the park have also helped scientists better understand how dunes are formed on other planets. Next, the movie goes on to explain the different kinds of sand dune formations through a series of images and animations. There are two main factors responsible for the different types of dunes, wind patterns, and the vegetation on the ground. The most common and the largest are the reversing dunes. These are the product of winds moving the sand in opposite directions. You recognize them instantly. They are the ones you first saw from a distance. Barkin dunes face the wind and are crescent-shaped. They appear flattened on the surface and convex because of the constant blow of wind in one direction. These dunes tend to dominate when the land is flat. There also has to be limited sand, no vegetation, and winds coming from a single direction. Generally, that isn't the case here in the park, so the dune system is much more complex and varied. Sometimes, bark and dunes connect with others to form long, straight ridges creating another type of dune. These are known as transverse dunes. Then there are the parabolic dunes. These dunes are U-shaped with arms, and they tend to form where plants grow. Vegetation inhibits the movement of the sand, effectively keeping the dune's arms in place. Finally, there are the star dunes. Made of three or more arms, star dunes are formed and shaped by multi-directional winds. Here in the park, 
there's a large star dune complex, the tallest dune in the park and in North America can be found there. It's known simply as the Star Dune. At the end of the movie, the voice explains that reversing dunes and star dunes are the main types at the park. With the movie over, you head out toward the main lobby. As you exit the building, you realize that the sun has lowered in the sky. The temperature has dropped just enough to be a little more comfortable. Now would be the prime time to begin your exploration of the park, as the sand won't be as hot as it usually is. After walking back to your car, you grab the sand sled you rented in Alamosa, where you stopped for a quick lunch. Plans for the day flash through your mind. You'll blaze your own trail through the sand, climb up to the top of one of the dunes, and then sled down it. Afterwards, you'll return to the car, retrieve your camping gear, and venture back to the dunes to sleep under the stars. Setting your plans in motion, you consult the map, then leave the parking lot. As you walk out to Medano Creek, once again you marvel at the sight of the 150,000 acres of forests just beyond the dune fields to the east. A blanket of cottonwood, aspen, and pinyon pine trees cover the foothills. At the higher elevations, dense spruce fir forests and tundra dominate. The diversity of terrain is mesmerizing. It truly is a hodgepodge of ecosystems. When you get to the creek, you take off your shoes. Cradling the sled under your arm and holding your shoes in your hands, you wade through the shallow water. There is just enough to enjoy putting your feet in. The sand squishes under your toes as you delight in the cool temperature of the water. Upon reaching the other side, you find that the sand quickly gets warmer, so you put your shoes back on. After walking for a while, you reach the main dune field. There's not another soul in sight, nor are there any designated trails on the actual dunes, which only adds to the fun and the sense of adventure. Up close, 
the dune field appears even more vast. The sand dunes seem like an illusion, and the sheer scale is astounding, especially when you spot a person hiking along the ridgeline a few dunes away. They are little more than a speck. You have chosen to hike up one of the more prominent, yet relatively easy ones, called High Dune. As you begin to walk up the side, you leave a trail of footprints, which the wind quickly wipes clean behind you. Picking your own path up the dune, you revel in the solitude that surrounds you. It is only you, the sand, and the majestic mountains beyond. Time inches forward, and at last, you reach the top of High Dune. It wasn't the easiest hike, but the reward is well worth it. Your trek over mountains of sand has taken you so far away from the visitor center and parking lot. It seems you are completely removed from other people. Standing on the dune, you feel as if you have climbed to the top of the world. In every direction are panoramic views of the San Juan and Sangre de Cristo mountains, with the San Luis Valley below. Roaming the hillside to the east is what looks to be a herd of elk or mule deer. It is hard to tell from up here, as they are the size of ants. But it is the contrast of color that really gets your attention. Under the bright blue sky and the sun's rays, the emerald green of the mountains sparkles while the golden sand seems to shimmer. The alpine regions high up in the mountains are thick with towering pines and spruce trees that remind you of winter. But the vast collection of sand dunes brings to mind quite the opposite. It's an incredible juxtaposition. After taking a few photos, you stand there for a moment, soaking in the stunning vistas across the dunes. Then you reach inside your jacket pocket to retrieve the jar of wax for your sled. After applying a thin layer to the bottom of the board, you give it a quick buff right on the sand. You are now ready to go sledding 
positioning the board at the very top of the dune, you lower yourself onto the wooden surface and tuck your legs in, placing your feet at the very front. Then you place your arms behind you to push off the sand at the same time that you move the sled forward. It quickly gains momentum, and the next thing you know, you are coursing down the side of the dune at a steady 35-degree angle. With your arms held out at your sides, you have total control of the sled. You continue to gain speed, slicing through the air as if you were flying, gliding over the sand you feel as free as a bird. A thrill of delight flows through you from head to toe as you coast down the dune. There is freedom in the fall, and you find yourself grinning the entire ride to the bottom. It is over too soon as the sand begins to level out and the sled gradually comes to a stop. Covered in sand but smiling, you climb to your feet without a care in the world. The experience was so enjoyable that you debate doing it again but then you figure it is best to reserve your strength for the rest of the day's activities, especially as hiking through the sand is no small feat. After dusting the sand off your clothes, you tuck the board under your arm and head back in the general direction from which you came. Despite the sand dunes all around you, it's easy to navigate. You simply use the Sangre de Cristo mountains as a reference point, knowing that with them to your left, you head right. Keeping between the mountains and high dune, you quickly find your way without ever having to use the map. Soon, you spot the visitor center and main parking lot in the distance with Medano Creek just before it. The hike down to the dunes to get to the beachy area of the creek is a quick one. Removing your shoes you cross the creek, enjoying the ripple of waves that tickle your ankles. When you reach the car, you place the sled in the back and let your feet dry a little. Putting on a pair of sandals, you head over to the nearby showers where you rinse off and change. Then, 
feeling refreshed, you return to the car to pick up your camping gear. You will have to cross the creek once more to reach the dunes where you're going to camp. So you keep the sandals on and pack your closed toe shoes in your bag. The sun is even lower in the sky, approaching the horizon. After first making sure the heavier items are firmly situated in the middle, you hoist the bag onto your back. The load is a little hefty, but more than doable. Following Medano Creek to the northeast, towards the back country, you pass High Dune and keep walking. Then you veer to the left, towards the dunes. Crossing through the creek once more to reach the warm, gritty sand on the other side. After changing into your shoes, you traipse through the sand, feeling like some intrepid explorer. Trekking over the mountains of sand, you notice that there are endless places to set up camp, all on wild sandscapes, just begging to be explored. Out here, it is like a museum of sand sculptures of the most delicate nature. The sand is molded into myriad shapes. This makes you think of the movie you watched earlier, where you learned about the different types of dunes. You pick them out now, seeing the large reversing dunes that dwarf the Barkan and transverse formations. Far off in the distance is the Star Dune, towering 740 feet in the air. After another 20 minutes, you feel as if you have made it to the perfect spot, where there is nothing but sand all around you. It is so peaceful. Feeling satisfied with your choice, you lower your backpack onto the sand and survey the area. Now, you see the resemblance even more. The sand is like the sea in a storm. Like undulating waves, the expansive, Sinuous dunes extend in every direction and reach for the sky and the mountains. Standing among them, it is almost impossible to grasp the magnitude of the dunes. You feel like you could reach out and touch them, but you know that they appear closer than they really are. Turning your attention back to your gear, you retrieve the tent 
from the middle of the back, pitching the tent in the sand with the wind blowing seems daunting at first, until you figure out the secret. You have to bury the edges in the sand. Once you've done that, the hard work is over, and it is time to kick back and relax for the evening. After grabbing the sandwich you packed earlier, You lay the sleeping bag across the sand in front of the tent and sit down. The sand underneath is remarkably cushy. It's more comfortable than you would have guessed. As you eat your sandwich, you watch the sun begin to set, inching lower and lower beneath the horizon. The sun's gilded orange and gold rays pierce the sky above and drape themselves across the shadowed dunes. The sky has darkened to a blue-black color with a tinge of rose gold and pink. You pull out your phone to snap a few pictures. Right as you click the button to take a photo, a huge shadow with wings that seem to go on forever flits across the screen. You have just taken a picture of the great horned owl in action, flying across the sky at sunset. Watching as the massive bird fades from sight, you are awestruck. You knew the great horned owl was one of the park's nighttime guests, but you never thought you would actually see one. Soon, the sun disappears completely, and the land is pitched into near total darkness. And just like that, all the stars and what seem to be all of the planets too come out to play. With 360 degree views of the night sky, you can see everything up there in the heavens. This park is one of the few places in the world with true darkness. There is no light pollution. In fact, it is so dark that you can even see the Milky Way, the unmistakable starry band that brushes against the night. It's like someone dipped a paintbrush in glitter and spread it over the sky. Laying on your back, on top of the sleeping bag, you get a little more comfy, wanting to fully indulge in your stargazing. With this exquisite darkness, 
and the total lack of noise. You imagine this night sky closely resembles what your early ancestors must have seen. It feels as if you are seeing every star that has ever existed twinkling up there. And you're hearing sounds of nature you're pretty sure you wouldn't find anywhere else. You can hear every sigh of the wind, every hoot of an owl, and even the sand singing as it is blown down the sides of the dunes. Out here in the far reaches of the park, with only the night sky and the sand as your companions, you feel profoundly moved. You're in awe of this special place. The dunes are otherworldly during the day, but at night, they are even more magical. As you gaze across the sand, you find yourself reflecting on your visit here. Little did you know how deeply you would connect with the natural world. You came here to get away, to revel in the breathtaking scenery, and maybe even to lose yourself in the process of exploring the park. Thinking about it now, you realize that you have not only accomplished these things, but you may have also found yourself. <laughs>